I have some funny pitches for you. Do you want to you wanna get into a few of them right now? Do you want to just start off with the pitches? I Okay. A, also, it doesn't help that this week was a garbage movie. <laughs> yeah. Every single movie sucked. I was like, they're just going to keep going. <laughs> I was watching Revenge of the Nerds in the upstairs living room. Dude, uh, what a fucking mistake. <laughs> it was so problematic. All of the, every single movie was so male-dominated 80s culture. Every and it sucked. Made a homophobic comment or multiple. Oh, yeah. Like, Teen Wolf was just, like, like one guy being like, are you a f-word he's like i ain't no f-word and that was it it was literally <laughs> he's like i'm a wolf <laughs> like Team wolf actually what? no sense wait we'll get into Team that wolf made no sense team wolf was the hardest one to get through no and i had revenge no- of the nerds revenge of the nerds was hard oh dude they were all hard risky business was the easiest to watch um i, I if i'm just ranking from like easiest to hardest level being very low uh-huh. it was it was risky business and then like fuck fast times at rich one a high i guess <laughs> teen wolf and then fucking revenge of the nerds <laughs> um but I, like okay. i had such yeah. high hopes too especially for revenge of the nerds considering they made like four more after i thought yeah. it would be good these are all, like, you know, pretty well-followed, well, yeah, like, also, I just, I guess I don't trust, like, I was looking on Letterboxd, and, like, everyone's like, yeah, like, this is, like, like, you know, a time capsule of, like, what the 80s were like, and I guess I just don't trust Gen, like, this is why I have, like, a lot of problems with Gen X, I guess because they grew up on, like, hyper-sexualized, male-dominated movies like this, and, like, it just makes anything they say like hard to like hard to like if you take everything they say with a grain of salt the utmost respect i'm ashna i am natia we are ashnatia this week was a garbage movie well you know what nobody ever watches the movies that we watch i feel like so just don't watch any yeah movies. you'll be fine and like if you've already seen them like our theme was 80s teen movies which like in retrospect was odd an odd theme to do because we just did a coming of age theme like two weeks ago i just feel like i've seen it feels like i've just seen a lot of movies with teenagers yeah that's yeah that's all and so but like i guess you could say an alternative theme for this week was male coming of age because it sure felt like it and we watch risky business revenge of the nerds 
Fast Times at Richmond High and Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf. And they were really bad. And Nadia and I had a couple of like rough weeks. And like to watch these movies on top of it sucked. <laughs> this was the first week where I was like with my roommates, I was like, Do you guys wanna like watch a movie and like we put on fast times at Richmond high and it was so boring and I was like I don't know what to tell you <laughs> like I felt so bad making them like watch some of it and I was like we can just I know we can watch Glee <laughs> my roommates were like dude you pick the movies like why would you pick such garbage movies okay in our defense, like, we picked movies that we haven't seen but we have been told are like iconic classic movies i've heard of all yeah. these movies which means i feel like yeah. i should have i should see them at some point and to preface teen wolf because that was my suggestion i just watched like i i I wouldn't say I loved, I was a follower of the show, of the MTV show, and I was like... The show show is the one with Dylan O'Brien, right? Yeah, exactly. Do with the movie? No, they, so they're, like, based off the movie in that they just stole the first names of Scott and Styles, and that was it. Tyler Posey Scott. Was Michael Fox Scott? Yeah. Styles. <laughs> and then Styles is Dylan O'Brien. No, in the movie. <laughs> oh, in the movie, it was that like weird best friend who was like he was the one who was like, Scott, don't tell me you're um a gay person, but a much more offensive slur inserted uh, there. <laughs> I think I vaguely remember. Yeah, he was the best friend. And okay. Side note, how am I supposed to have any sympathy for Scott and his, like, basketball skills when he jumps during his free throw? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, him not being able to, like, him, like, doing so- that poorly on a free throw shot, like, I have to say, <laughs> like, maybe you should stop playing basketball. Just, like, on my mind, because, like, the NBA finals are going on. And I'm just like, man, Michael J. Fox looks like he's never held a basketball before. And um, also, what a time for Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future, and Teen Wolf. Like, I was he like an 80s heartthrob that I'm like unaware of? Dude, um, my roommate thinks he's so cute. And I was like, really? No, 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 no. Michael no. J. Fox, she's like, yeah, he's like so hot. And I'm like... Like, are we, are we talking about, like, the same Michael J. Fox? It's like, I feel like his thin lips, and he's, like, he seems like he'd be very sweaty. He's just, like, a Why was he so sweaty all the time throughout this movie? Unexcusably sweaty. I get that you're playing basketball, but that's still not a good enough reason to be that sweaty. Yeah. And, um, that was really funny. And then, like, nothing of note happened in the movie until, like, his werewolf transformation, which is so funny because, like, the 80s music that was, like, playing as, like, he transformed was crazy. The soundtracks in all of these movies were crazy. I will give them that. I don't get anything about Teen Wolf. Why did they never explain why the dad is a werewolf, 
why Michael's a werewolf. They were just like, sometimes it skips a generation. How was the dad, how was the dad able to keep it a secret for that long? <laughs> I know when he opened the door and he, he was just a werewolf as well. <laughs> yeah. What? Also, what goes on between the switching of them? Like, is it like a Ben 10 moment where you can like, choose to be like werewolf or not because in the beginning it seemed like he really had to like repress it and he was unable to control it at all and then like at the end of the movie when the dude punched him he like accidentally turned into werewolf and like couldn't control his power or whatever but I saw I didn't get the issue I think like during a full moon you um you have to like you have to because it's a full moon yeah like full moon. how has he never seen his dad be a werewolf that's once maybe his dad hides during a full moon but then i think like what do you know how many full moons there are in a year he just hides then whole day bruh and then like outside of a full moon it's like you know um like anger and emotions okay i only like the only reason i'm like trying to justify it is like again i'm um, a watcher of the mtv show are you so scared to say you're a fan of it because <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm a fan of this show except for season three which i would say is some of the best television like period but then the rest of it it's like okay like, if I had to, like, I guess if we're getting into this, if I had to, like, rank on, like, season one, season two, pretty good. Season three, like, mind-blowing, chef's kiss, really groundbreaking, like, Dylan O'Brien, his acting, that's what started his, like, career as, like, an, like, he is such a good actor, and it showed he carried, and season four, five, six, garbage. <laughs> okay, so. That's a pretty, uh, like, bell curve. Yeah, no, de- it is definitely a bell. It is definitely a bell curve. And um, if you're ever, like, bored, I feel like it's a really good show to watch during the school year. Because it's, like, I feel like it was a show I could do my homework to. Especially seasons one and two, I'm just, like, whatever, you it's know? A background show? Yeah. Like, I wasn't paying attention, but, like, every time the music, like, beat would drop, like, <gasps> I'd be, like, oh shit and then I just keep doing my homework um so it was nice but Teen Wolf the movie like garbage and also I appreciate like just like the nature of MTV being MTV they found a way to like try and make werewolves hot like they didn't succeed but at least least they improved on like the blueprint which is like Michael J. Fox so why do you think this movie was so famous and iconic I think it was just, like, a metaphor at the time for, like, puberty, and, like, men were just, like, oh, my God, like, that's how I felt during puberty. <laughs> it was, like... Werewolf? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I, it's really, it, it's, like, just about puberty, and I feel like... You know what helped, I like, expected, though? I expected him and, is the girl's name Boof or something? His, like, best friend? Yeah. I really expected there to be more conflict between them. Like, I expected the classic, you've changed ever since you were, like, teen wolf, but the entire time she was still like, yeah, like, I'll date you. Yeah, women just, like, 
in general did not have like much of a role in any of these movies which like we can definitely expand on like the more problematic movies also a lot more nudity in all of these movies so i think like the ratings like the mpaa system is that what it's called like was a lot more loose back then because like all of these movies featured tits like all of them like it's like not even just like one shot like extensive coverage of like women's tits revenge of the nurse even like showed a vagina and i was like oh my god yeah we'll get into revenge of the nerds later because there's a little too much to unpack there true but honestly that's all i have to say about teen wolf um like to break it down michael j fox you know he's teen wolf had like you know he relies too much on the wolf alienates everyone and then like he learns to just be himself and not the wolf i don't even think he i never thought he relied on the wolf too much i thought he was a loser without being a wolf and when he was a wolf he was not a loser anymore <laughs> so i don't get the whole thing <laughs> to be a wolf like yeah like, i guess like he was pretentious like he was hogging the ball or whatever, and like yeah, but they still guess, won. Like, and then at the end, how the heck did they win a whole championship game? Because one of the guys like just kept making shots. Yeah, I don't know. And like, I love how it circled back to like the foul shot. Like, <laughs> it's so funny to me. Like, I think like the way '80s movies perceive themselves is so funny. And I think like just like that scene is like a really great example <laughs> also like his dad um i guess did the great with great power comes great responsibility thing did you catch that but he said even greater responsibility um, same like, change the message did this come before i never read the comics i assume they came before this but did uncle ben ever say that in the comics like, who stole it from who? I'm pretty sure it was already, re- like, considering this was, like, mid-80s, I'm pretty sure it was, like, already referenced and done. It seemed like, I feel like a big staple of 80s movies is just references to other movies and pop culture. So, like, I feel like that was what was going on. Anyway, I hated it. It was so boring, too. It was garbage. Absolute garbage. Literally, like, like a half a star <laughs> one half a star yeah half a star no but if we and, have to rate it um like one through four given all the movies that we've seen today or this week how would you probably three i would say oh, man probably like or maybe like two or three then uh, above yeah, revenge i also think it's tied for two and three as I would say it's the same for me as Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And then I'd probably say, like, Risky Business on the top. It was, like, all very narrow. Like, <laughs> so bad. it was all by a very slim margin. But Revenge of the Nerds is at the very, very bottom. I'll try to think of my rankings as we go on. I'm sure you'll convince me of other things. Okay, let's talk about Risky Business, then. Like, give me your thoughts. I have... I also don't get why this is a classic. Um, I feel like all of these movies, like, don't get what college is. Maybe it's just because we're really bitter about college, but, like, that whole, his Princeton 
interviewer guy coming to his house in the middle of the night to do an interview makes no sense. <laughs> Leaving with the prostitutes that were there makes no sense. And then giving him a thing, giving him a ticket to Princeton makes no sense. But movies like this feel to me like um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I have told you it gives me a lot of anxiety. Like when the kid just messes like so much stuff up and then has to fix everything before the parents find out. I, yeah, I cannot handle those. They scare me so much. I will maintain that I still find Ferris Bueller like a little relatable, like the movie and the things it explored. So the thing, here are my thoughts on Risky Business. On one hand, it's at least aware of like, you know, the privileged 80s movie setup. It's aware of like the privilege its protagonist yields. You know, he's a wealthy suburban dude from like the north side of Chicago. Like, you know, like it's referenced out, you know, and like there we're not like, I don't think supposed to have any sympathy for him. It's more like about like, the process of like the loss of innocence for a guy like this and like capitalism if I'm being honest like I felt like it felt more tongue-in-cheek to me not that it justified that like I still didn't really I don't think enjoy the movie but like that was just sort of my read on it if that makes sense I guess I think I don't know it just felt so problematic to me because of the girl I like forgot her name and like every single woman in the movie is either his mother or a prostitute that only being like that whole story them existing just so that tom cruise can like be a man or whatever is like so gross but i don't think it was like him being a man that wasn't like i don't think him becoming a man was like through having sex with a prostitute and i will say like the standard of like women like i will say the girl who played the prostitute like played it at least with like the substance she could put into it like she i feel like she tried to like make it multifaceted or whatever um and and they she could recognize with- you're right that they try to recognize this privilege because there was a scene where he was like or she was like, don't judge me because, like, your dad is, like, rich or whatever. But I don't know. It's not... Would you, like, I'm just saying... It's like, I'm definitely not justifying it. I'm just saying, at least through the standards of the movies I've seen, it's probably the movie I've seen out of, like, a female character. That, like, Out of the ones that we've seen this week. Yeah. Definitely. Even, like, maybe generally speaking, like, I can't really think of many movies from the 80s where maybe it'll come to my mind as I simmer on it, but, like, where, like, like, women weren't treated as, like, side pieces or as, like, means to, like, move the plot forward. Like, I feel like she did a little more than that, you know? Like, she really fucked some shit up. She really, like, fucked, like, played a part in fucking up that car, the egg. Like, she really, like, you know, made her mark and made Tom Cruise deal with some shit, which I feel like was like, you know what? (laughs) I liked watching him run around trying to fix things, and she was just, like, chilling, eating all his food. Yeah! And she just, like, low-key ran a brothel, and then, like, at the end, like, it even, like, admitted, like, 
even though Tom Cruise is going to Princeton and he's like this businessman now, like she is also a businesswoman because like she literally set in motion this whole movie, this whole plan, everything. And Tom Cruise was just like, he was just a part of that. He didn't even like set in motion. That's a good point. No, I just think like, it's like, I think the movie seemed a little more self-aware of that, you know, just the way it like set up like the parallels and the, you know. So I just feel like, like that's why I justify it being at the top of my list for this week. Okay, yes, I agree. Um, it was definitely at the top of the list. Um, also, so Bronson, uh, I think Pinchot, I think that's how you say his last name. So he was in Perfect Strangers, which is a TV show, um, also in the 80s that, like, I think it was 80s, that my family, that was, like, one of, like, the TV shows I used to watch growing up. And it was so weird seeing young him like acting with Tom Cruise and I was like low-key thrown off because his like character is like so different than what it was in the show that I was that I used to watch and like I don't know it was just it was a wild time for me I did not expect to see him there yeah and this was like Tom Cruise is like one of his like breakthrough roles I think he did a really great job of like you know, conveying, like, all these feelings, and also, like, considering the fact, like, I think it's really cool that he did, like, these weird movies early on in his career, like, I feel like our image of him is, like, him typecasted as, like, this big franchise dude, but, like, I watched Magnolia, Mm -hmm. yeah, I watched Magnolia, and then I watched this, and I feel like like, you know, it's just giving me, like, a more rounded out image of him as an actor, even though he's, like, a crazy Scientologist. <laughs> yeah, this one is definitely top of the list. Yeah, I think just because of its, like, themes, like, and also just, like, just by virtue of the fact it was, like, Tom Cruise's, like, breakthrough role, maybe, like, I guess I could see, like, the justification for it, and, like, yeah oh and i will say it was filmed really nicely its aesthetic was pretty timeless and it had like iconic scenes like him in the button-up and like socks like dancing around like that's like used everywhere now um yeah i guess so i can this is the only movie i could see like being justified as like okay yeah this is like an 80s classic movie out of the movies we watched yes but it's a hard one to explain. Like, the premise was kind of crazy. I didn't expect um, it. It really was risky business. If you Yeah. Know. I would say, like, it kept me, like, I never knew what was going on in the plot. Like, one minute, Tom Cruise just is left alone in his suburban home. Oh, shit. And then, like, his friend calls him a prostitute. What? Prostitute, not his vibe. We won't unpack how problematic that was. And then he calls another prostitute. And then now he's in debt. And now he has to pay off, like, this pimp. <laughs> and then he even owes even more money. And then he has a brothel. <laughs> and it's, like, furniture in the car. Then all his furniture gets stolen. And then he has to buy it back. And then his parents come home. And then he gets into Princeton. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? That was 
crazy. Oh, also, how is he getting into Princeton with the 3.14 GPA? Oh, dude, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> and no extracurriculars. How, why is, one, how did he even get an interview? Two, how is the interviewer going out of his way to come to his house to do that for a 3.1 GPA? Dude, it's his dad. It's like rich kid connections, you know? Like, he's, like, a very well-off. He's a very well-off kid in, like, Chicago. Like, and his parents are obviously, like, higher-ups in, like, society. That's actually really good. Like, the movie's very transparent about that. They're, like, you know, of course he has a Porsche. Of course, like... You know what I'm saying? Like, and of course, like, the interviewer from Princeton's coming. But, like, they also address, like, the pressures that come with that, which is, like, not, like, excusing it, but also not, like, invalidating it. So, like, I feel like as far as, like, movies go, especially when it comes to, like, privilege, it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Could- Actually, I mean, the bar was really low considering – the movies we saw this week, but I'm now on the hunt to find a good 80s movie. Yeah, I would, I, like, realistically, I would rate this, like, three stars on Letterboxd, which I feel like is, like, a compliment for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Teen Wolf is still, like, a half. I think I would rate, <laughs> I think I'd rate this, like, a two and a half. I get, yeah, I get that. I think, like, maybe, like, just for, like, I guess the iconic scenes. And, like, I feel like as I talked about it, I, like, made myself like it a little more. I feel like I just sold myself on this movie. <laughs> but it was still sort of ass. Like, it wasn't that great. <laughs> it was, like, like, fine. You know what? The issue with all of these movies is that through multiple points in every single one, I was bored and I was kind of waiting for it to end. I didn't feel that way about Risky Business. I think once it got started, I was like, man, I really don't know what's going to happen. Except for that L-Train sex scene. I I was like, man, I want this to end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, wait, wait. In the sex scene, I thought it was a dream montage at first. When, like, she comes in. No, the first one when she comes in and the door opens and all of these leaves are blowing in. I'm like, is this, like, real? And then they're having sex on the stairs. The very first one, right? And then when they wake up, she's like, I need $300. Yeah. I didn't think that was real. I didn't think she was real. I, like, was low-key confused, like, how she got there. It happens. I was like, this is a dream montage. And then it was, like, real. And I was like, oh, fuck. That was funny. That was so funny. Um, I laughed. I was, like, actually laughing throughout (laughs) I was like, oh, this is, like, for real, for real. But anyway, let's, like, move on to, like, easily the worst two movies of the week. I think that was our top. So Fast Times at Ridgemont High was definitely better than Revenge of the Nerds. Um, I did learn something. They talked about the, like, breakdown of the word wuss. It's like a wimp and a pussy. (laughs) I didn't know that. I really I took a note of that. I literally made a note of that. I was like, whip plus pussy equals wuss. <laughs> I was so amazed. It was truly incredible. I was also 
it was like one of those movies where there's no like real main character it's like everyone has different stories and they all kind of come together but like barely um what i will say is something that this movie had that i wish all movies had was a a little where are they now section at like the end of the movie you know where they're like this character went on to do this thing i love those yeah that was that was fun that was very fun for sure um it was a couple highlights i guess for me um i so it was like i you haven't well we're gonna watch dazed and confused next week i think so i guess you'll like see what i'm talking about but there are two movies american graffiti and Dazed and confused and this felt like a second rate version of those movies it tried to be good stoner comedy yeah yeah but like the thing is everyone was like straight edge characters except for sean penn and uh have you seen sean penn and his like you know dramatic roles <laughs> okay i didn't so this was that with sean penn for the longest time i'm not even kidding i was like i was okay a why does young Sean Penn look like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why did I think it was the hair? I think it's like his face looks so much common. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, and like with his like nose, I guess that hairstyle just like accentuated it. And it just made him like really hard to look at. <laughs> he was so hard to look at. <laughs> So that was note one. Note two was like at the very beginning of the movie, 15 year old Stacy is like solicited for sex by 26 year old audio store guy unnamed. And like, I guess like the fact that was so normalized, like A, I guess like it just made me think about how like hypersexualized like the 80s were, which like, it's so crazy because, like, Gen X has, like, a literal stick up their ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe it's because of that. Maybe. But then I was also thinking, these, like, hypersexualized things, and then now they're all, like, so far in the other direction. Maybe. But I'm also thinking about the fact that, like, currently, like, we're in a sex recession, is what the, like, the social scientists say. What, like, the um, like, like, no, like, us, not in, it, this was happening before the pandemic, <laughs> just, like, race, yeah, yeah, it, it's been, like, it's just been, like, a trend in which, like, the average person having sex in high school, like, now it's, like, less than 50% of kids are having sex in high school, and before, like, in the 80s, it was straight up, like, 75%, mm-hmm. and, like, A, that could be attributed to, like, an influx of immigration like obviously it's not as like accepted in other cultures and like be like social media loneliness epidemic but I also think like is it like would you agree that like our generation like I'm just looking at our generation versus like the 80s movies I've watched we're just like not as like sex obsessed you know yeah but I also I feel like a large part of my interpretation of our generation is like the kids that we went to high school with. So I don't know if that's like necessarily fair. No, but like, okay, this is like second year of college. I feel like I've like, I've, I've seen like both sides of the spectrum in college. Like obviously like 
the nor- more normalized like hookup crazy horny teen culture but also just like you know like not so much and I think that it was just like really interesting also just like knowing about like how like scientists are actually worried like how little we are interacting and like how we're like not having sex anymore <laughs> I think that's really fun <laughs> Yeah, I think it also, I guess it was just, like, really normalized that, like, minors would just, like, have sex with 30-year-olds all the time. Because, like, all of her friends were, like, yeah, like, just, like, tell him you're 19. Like, they all had, like, a plan of, like, how to do that. And, like, he obviously knew that she was, like, a minor, even though she's, like, I'm 19. She, like, she's clearly not. But, like that's also like weird to me that that was so normal yeah no for sure and I think like you know like it's just like a general like about like the 80s culture was very like date rapey slash rapey like it's very normalized in all four movies just like being like you know just like like we won't even talk about like how like that scene in Revenge of the Nerds that was like essentially a rape scene, yeah. but like it it was just like it truly was a different culture then. And not even and I think, like even like Back to the Future, like we talked about that. That movie had nothing to do with like like these are all super like high school movies, like kids like interacting with kids, like being like horny or whatever. Back to the Future was, like, him and his, like, 80-year-old scientist friend. And there was still a whole, like, they went out of their way to put, like, a rape scene in there. Yeah. No, for sure. And, like, I was just reading, like, reviews on Letterboxd. I'm like, is anyone else feeling the same way I'm feeling? And I feel like there was a general, like, wow, like, you know, like, I'm watching this again from, like, when I was a kid in the 80s and, like, just seeing how normalized these things were were just, like, really weird. Because, like, People didn't think twice about it when they watched it. Because, like, kids in the 80s were just, like, there's just, like, so much nudity in all of these movies. Like, and, like... And they're, like, 13, too, like... Yeah, that's so weird. And also, they're not even, like, in, like, a more normal context. Like, in Fast Times, like, it was, like, a dude jerking off. And then they just let like, a girl take her clothes off. So it wasn't like, I don't know. Do you have like that that sex symbol scene where like it was a dream montage all of a sudden, and she just like whips off her like red swimsuit. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. I was like, what just like she? So for context, this girl was the most minor character. Literally, no development. A friend whatsoever. of a friend. A friend, <laughs> an acquaintance, a friend of a friend, and all of a sudden, she just like becomes the center of the movie, and she's like, I'm the sex symbol of this movie, and boom, like male fantasy, and so Fast Times is like hard to like work out because there's so many storylines there was Sean Penn's storyline where he's like just like fighting with that professor you know classic stoner versus dude with a stick up his ass then there was Stacy oh my god there was the the Italian American scalper was like hey you know I, I talk like this and I uh I uh you know do stuff and uh, <laughs> you, want, you, you want know tickets I got I got all these tickets for you to see you want to <laughs> want to see a movie 
got these movie tickets, you know, like I I don't do a smaller price, you know, like <laughs> it was just that, like the whole movie, he just had a leather jacket and talk like that, and he just has like a nerdy little friend, and he just helps him get laid. Yeah, but then he like he fucked girl, got her pregnant, who is AKA Stacy, who had just been fucked over by this twenty six year old man, has sex with this Italian American like I. You know, like this guy, he gets her pregnant. He's like, you wanted sex more than I did. I didn't even want to do this. Stands her up when she he's supposed to take her to get an abortion, be her ride, pay half. She was only asking for half. Stands her up. And then like, that was a whole thing. And that was like, that was heartbreaking to watch. You that know was, what else like, made me think of? It just seemed really easy to get an abortion. Was it like that? In the 80s, did it get harder? I think so. Because, like, think about it this way. Like, Roe v. Wade had just been legalized. Not, like, just. Like, it was, like, it had been legalized. And it's been, like, a few... It's been a minute. But I think it was before they started slapping in all these, like, restrictions. Because, like, I feel like this is, like, post, like, legalization Supreme Court case. But before, like, Republicans found a way to, like, get around it. Yeah. So, like, I I was so sad and disappointed with him and, like, doing that. But then, like, I was also, like, so nice to just go and and get that done. Like, that felt so cool to see her be able to do that. First, I, like, I really started liking the storyline, especially when, like, her friends started terrorizing Mark and, like, calling him a prick. And I was like, oh, like let's see where this goes but then like it just ended with like the best friend the nerdy best friend forgiving him and that was that and I was like so disappointed with that like I I, it's expected but like for a moment it seemed like it wasn't gonna do that which was like exciting do you see the Nick Cage easter egg that was crazy. I paused. I was like, is that Nick Cage? And then I proceeded to wait for him to, like, appear again. It was just for a second. <laughs> it was a quick second, and he was gone. <laughs> he was a, he worked in that fast food restaurant. Oh, easily the worst storyline was Brad's. Stacy's yeah. brother, whose whole thing was, like, I'm a cool guy. I got a job at a burger joint and I want to break up with my girlfriend because I'm so cool. And he gets fired and then dumped. And then he works like two more minimum wage jobs. And, and that was it. it. That was literally it. I still can't believe that's Sean Penn. Um, yeah, Sean Penn was crazy. And the last thing I want to say about this movie, because we're like really starting to run over time, um, is that so like Brad, I don't know his name. His name is like Judge something. What was it? Judge? You know. Wait, who? In real Brad. life? Yeah. I don't know. He was, like, not that famous, but he had, like, had some roles, and he got top billing in this movie. Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Lee, who is Stacy, and also played Lisa in Anomalisa. Um, Phoebe Cates, who was, like, you know, swimsuit sex symbol. All of them pretty famous actors. Nick Cage. They all were, like, unknowns. And then, like, this movie, like, launched all their careers. And, like, not his. He, like, never really had a role again. And, like, I just think that's so funny because he's so bitter about it. He's, like, one of the 
the only actors from that movie that still like relive the old days like fast times at Ridgemont High and all the actors are like yeah like we've done better work since then like um I've been national treasure since then so yeah and like Jennifer Jason Lee had like was Forrest Whitaker in this Forrest Whitaker was in this (laughs) so young as a got his car destroyed by Jeff. That felt felt racist. The whole depiction of him winning the face football game felt racist. <laughs> I don't also, know why I'm laughing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, it's just true. Like it felt racist as a hell. And they were like, I guess it's okay we destroyed his car because he was so angry he won the football game. That was like the lesson of that story. Destroyed cars. And, oh my god, there's so much to talk about. So, like, the last thing I'll talk about is, okay, this is one of Cameron Crowe's movies. Are you aware of Cameron Crowe? No, tell me. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. But first, since I didn't research this before the podcast, I'm just gonna have this Wikipedia up, so I'm, like, cross-checking my... I want to spread fake news. (laughs) Okay. No, okay, I'm right. So... Um, the thing about Cameron Crowe is, like, his whole thing was, like, he was a teenage journalist with the Rolling Stones magazine, and, like, his whole thing was, like, he was, like, really smart in high school, and, like, he graduated early at a shit time, he graduated when he was 16, became a journalist with the Rolling Stones, and then, like, he went back to high school, like, later, like, in his late teens, and he had, like, a much better time, and he, like, you know, enrolled as a student, like, did his research, wrote a book, and he had, like, a great time because he wasn't a loser anymore, and then, like, he made this movie, but, like, that's the background of this movie. So he's just stuck in high school? Yeah, he was, like, like, and, like, he got, like, for his screenplay, like, he won an Academy Award and, like, Almost Famous got, like, or no, it's not called Almost Famous, because Almost Famous was his book about him being, like, a 16-year-old writer with like the Rolling Stone magazine. What I forgot what the Fast Times at Richmond High movie was called, but or the book was called, but um it was like the same deal. Like he focused like a few characters that went to high school with, like her surfer, sexual woman, brother, sister, whatever. And he just like chronicled them. And then like, yeah. I just thought that was like interesting. Um context did he make any other movies do you know oh did he? cameron crowe's made hella movies um jerry Maguire, almost what? famous he made, he made jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. what he made almost famous do you know that movie that's also gone like it's the movie i want to watch in like an upcoming podcast episode i think like a lot of famous people were in it <laughs> Oh my god, sorry. Um, and it also, like, it got, it, like, Kate Hudson was in it. Um, it, like, it it chronicles, like, a teenage music journalist. So, like, you can see where he got that from. <laughs> um, and, like, We Bought a Zoo. He also did that. So. <laughs> Quite, like, the resume. <laughs> yeah, this is really adding up. <laughs> Makes sense. But... Um, yeah, that's what I've got on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Very interesting. Oh, and like the opening, um, opening scene. I know, like, 
people use as like, oh, this is a capsule of the 80s. So I feel like that was also really interesting to look at. So Revenge of the Nerds, fun fact, <laughs> it was shot at the University of Arizona. Dude, for real? For real, for real. And I figured <laughs> out because in the first the way that makes me hate it more. In the first scene, I saw the social sciences building, and I was like, I have seen that before. No way. And I looked it up, and it was, and I, I died a little bit inside. Okay, let's walk through everything we hate about this movie. I actually took very detailed notes, like, things I hate about this movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I will say it made me wish that we went to college together. Bro, I know. I know, dude. If, if we were going to college together and just, like, imagine every weekend we watch our movies together. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I'll get started. There's two guys named Lewis and Gilbert. And, like, we can focus, one, on their laugh. Like, who... who <laughs> Who did that? I think the uh, uh, that one <laughs> that <laughs> was ridiculous, and the fact that they were insistent that it be in every scene was even more absurd. <laughs> the fact then, that dad laughs in the same way as well was also absolutely ridiculous. And then something else that pissed me off, they brought a whole trunk, like a whole dresser, massive thing. And that was what Lewis brought instead of suitcases. He just was lugging the whole <laughs> thing around, this massive like piece of furniture and all of his clothes were just in it. And then once he opened it, he just started like throwing all of his clothes around. Also horrible. That was ridiculous. That was so ridiculous. Um. Okay, there's this, like, okay, I'm going to give context so, like, I can just keep talking about it. So they they pull out that dresser, and they get kicked out of their freshman dorm because some jocks burned down their own house. And, um, like, everyone else has their suitcase. They're lugging their ridiculous dresser into the gym, and now they live in the gym. And the whole thing is, this is a frat. Like, this is now a frat movie, which, like, I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting, like, for, like them doing like frat bro stuff to be a part of the movie which like Dude, threw me off you know what it was it was a worse monsters university i just watched monsters university <laughs> make that reference but that's what it is yeah so now to find a place to live they gotta like join a frat obviously it doesn't go well and i'm Focus on this one scene from before where, like, you know the burly, like, unhinged-looking frat dude? Yes. <laughs> you know, with yeah. the spiky hair? And that, that scene where, like, he just looks at them, he's like, nerds. Nerds. <laughs> nerds! <laughs> and he's just having, like, a stroke. <laughs> and he throws that guy off the roof, and he's like, nerds! <laughs> and it was so absurd. I kept rewinding. <laughs> also for these they're clearly nerds and for them to go who as if they don't already know shut <laughs> up who are they talking about it clearly can't yeah, obviously not us 
a little be a little bit more self-aware please and every single person in their new little frat we're all like who's who are who are the nerds it's certainly not us (laughs) it could definitely not be us oh my god that was so funny um so now they're trying to get into a frat and they fix this and like try to declare with actual sponsor lambda 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 and the guy, he's, like, apprehensive. He's, like, all are nerds. And then they throw a party. And then he's, like, oh, maybe. And then, like, to really solidify their, like, stance in this, like, national fraternal organization, their prank was to sneak into the sorority house, look at everyone naked, which proceeded to start a Mission Impossible montage of just a bunch of girls running around with their tits out in the open. And not only did they do that, but they planted cameras, multiple cameras everywhere in the sorority house so that they could watch girls sleep, get undressed, get in the shower, get ready, just watching, recording girls. And that was a prank. And they just stayed up all night. And then they were like, ha, ha, ha. And the guy was like, oh, you did what? Okay, now you're on Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. And that was like the whole thing. It was also, I'm glad you mentioned the Mission Impossible thing because the Mission Impossible series came out like in the 90s slash 2000s, didn't it? Yeah, but there was a TV show in the 60s. What the, what? Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking we should do a Mission Impossible week and also watch like some of the show just to be like, <laughs> what? So yeah, so they're just recording girls in the shower and in the privacy of their own homes, and nobody, like nobody, seems to call it out. Like not one person is like, that's a little weird. If you thought that was the most problematic part. It literally wasn't. Like, it got worse. It got worse from that scene. To set the scene, I was in my upstairs living room, and there was a montage of just, like, men staring at women's tits and vaginas. Like, literally unsolicited. And I was just like, my roommates were like, Ashra, what are you watching? I was like, oh my god. Like, I had to skip through it. Like, it was actually, like... They, like, not to be, like, oh, like, I am Gen Z and I'm a snowflake, but, like, they really should have put a trigger warning for, like, what was about to happen. It was really bad. And it lasted for so long. It was actually, like, a 10-minute scene. Yeah. And then, like, even the scene after, so, like, okay, now they have to, like, become, like, the Greek council still won't let them in as a frat, which, like, I don't know why it matters that if they're a frat, because, like, they got their house like, all, like they had a house fixed up, so it seemed like it shouldn't be an issue that they're, like, not a frat. Whatever. So, like, now they want to become a frat, so they have to like compete in these Greek council games so they can, like, get on the board or whatever. I wasn't really clear. And then all of a sudden, like, these Olympic games started happening. I'm like, okay, like, I guess this is happening. Like, this seems, like, legit, I guess. It's- they have like to, so like the deal was, like, they wanted to be considered as a real frat, but they needed, like, the head of like the frat board to sign off on it and the head of the frat board was like an apple pie or whatever which is like the lead like the main frat house that they're like competing with so the <laughs> that dude like didn't want to give a spot to lambda 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 so then they had to have a competition to fight for the spot so that no, they would consider 
I think this is established. Like, I think this is how they picked their president because all the other frats and sororities were like also participating. So it seemed like this was established to me. It was established to get on the board of like okay, weird. Like that itself was weird. I was like, why? <laughs> so like now they're doing these like games and the nerds are winning because they're witty or whatever. And then like there comes a point where like now they're doing carnival games to like raise money, which was also like they went from Olympic games to like kissing. Makes sense. Yeah, none of it made sense. And then one guy's wearing a Darth Vader mask, like Star Wars reference, I guess. That also came out of nowhere. And then the nerd puts that on to go have sex with his girlfriend who thinks it's her boyfriend. And, and she, like, take off the mask. And he's like, no. And Literally. she's like, what? And so then he just has sex with her when she's thinking it's her boyfriend. And that happened. lasted so long. It lasted literally 10 minutes. That's rape. Yeah. Literally rape. Literally a 10 minute scene. Um, like, very problematic. It's so, like, entitled. Like, 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 I can, like, this is, like, an embodiment of male entitlement, especially in the 80s. Just, like, I feel like this movie embodies, like, male-dominated heterosexual testosterone culture. And no, of, it's like, also in, uh, like, a whole, like, it's, like, a nice guys thing, right? Like, yeah. if one of the frat guys were to have done that, then they would have, like, called it out and been, like, this is so wrong. This is why you suck. But since it was, like, the nerds and they have, like, high GPAs and they're, like, so, like, sweet and innocent, then it was just, like, comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And, like, I even wrote, I'm, like, what? 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 Like, in increasingly, like, exclamation points. And the nerds won or whatever. Now they can be a fry. Everyone's a nerd. Everyone's like, I feel like a nerd. Um, and the owl, apple pie dudes now have to live in a crappy house. And the nerdy guys get to live in the better house. And that's what's up. <laughs> Um, kind of especially horrible, like, the, the name of the movie is Revenge of the Nerds, and the only revenge they took was just assaulting women. They really didn't do anything to the guys in, like, their competing frat who, what, they put, like, something in their, like, jock straps or something, but they didn't, like, you know, record them naked for their own pleasure. Yeah. While they were, like, sleeping and stuff. So, I don't know, like, why was this, like, yeah, you're right, like, why was this, like, literally acted upon, like, the women, like, and, like, 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 it seems so unnecessary, like, I wouldn't, like, just to, like, pull their pranks or their revenge on, like, the women rather than the jocks, like, the jocks literally didn't have to deal with anything, like, the, it is weird that the nerds, like, literally aimed all their energy towards the women, even, like, like, you, I guess someone would argue, oh, but the women played a part in this, like, blah, blah, blah. But that makes it even worse, because they played a relatively minor part. What did they do? They just said that they were going to come to a party, and then they didn't. Yeah, like, whatever. You and, know the, what and the guys threw bricks through their windows and destroyed their house and, like, let pigs roam through their house and then, like, flashed them. Yeah. They got, With- like, effectively nothing literally 
that's such a good point. Like, oh, that made me hate it literally even more. And I guess, like, the last thing, this was, like, a line I, like, just heard, but, like, a nerd was, like, would you rather live, like, trying to seduce a girl? Like, would you rather live in the ascendancy of a civilization or its decline? And I just thought, like, <laughs> that was really funny to, like, be thinking about right now, especially, like, the consumerism and capitalism culture in the 80s, especially, like, thinking about that and just, like, thinking about now. I thought that was, like, really interesting. I'm just, like, looking through all the Letterboxd, um, like, reviews, and it's, like, so polarizing, because, like, some people are giving it, like, three, four stars, like, favoriting it, and they're literally just, like, it's, like, such a nostalgic movie, like, even if it didn't hold up today, you can't, like, deny that the comedy is there. And it's literally like, not funny. <laughs> it has, like, three stars overall that is that is way too much higher than robots higher than, i was just gonna say that higher than robots <laughs> how did this warrant three other movies exactly and like i also was thinking like the 80s was like 40 years ago <laughs> like 30 to 40 years ago i feel like that doesn't really like register in our minds you know the fact that i was like it was a long ass time ago that's my take on it. <laughs> anyway, you got some bits? So I just wanted to do like an infographic bit of like, I think it would be of like the United States military. Like their whole strategy was like now just making an infographic of like, oh, why we're bombing your country. <laughs> it's <like> an Instagram <laughs> infographic. And I thought that was really funny. Or just like, even if it was like, oh, like, the Saudi Arabian army to, like, the Yemenis, like, why we're bombing your country and starving you guys to death in the infographic. Not enough people talk about this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dude, I'm, like, I just wanted to just talk about, like, Gen Z activist culture and, like, buzzwords. Like, I was looking at, you know, a little favorite activist account of mine. You might be familiar. I've also been like looking at just like other like lots of zines and lots of um activists, like youth activists from college campuses. So like Gen Z activists and they're like their use of buzzwords, especially like we're gonna do something that's never been done before. We're gonna give voices to people who have never had voices before. And we're gonna fight for those people who have never been able to fight before. Yeah. We're gonna do all we can. We we're gonna give it all we got. I'm on a, like unapologetically fighting. It's like still on like the minorities like shoulders to like do stuff like Historically speaking and just like forward thinking, I don't think like revolution will be like this organization, this Gen Z team like founded to like uplift people. You know what I'm saying? It still carries some like racist connotation to me low key because these are still people who are like not on the streets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's no point in like rounding up a bunch of people that are already super privileged and already have a voice and then just, like, having them talk some more. Yeah, like, so this activist, he has, like, 3,000 followers, and he's, like, you know, like, he's speaking at these, like, small conferences that are, like, 
based off conferences that are like slightly bigger that are based off conferences that are slightly bigger <laughs> and feature like other speakers you know what i'm saying yeah, it just gets yeah. like more dilute, the more grassroots you get not like just because of the nature of like the people who think they're just like the next like revolutionary leader and like i don't know that's just like how i've been feeling and i wanted to make a buzzword bit um just with all this context given that I don't even know what it would entail. Like, it's like, just like a monologue. Anything, but it's like, we are unapologetically yeah. fighting to make <laughs> change and to do what's right and to give voices to those who are unheard. <laughs> like, yeah, just like a monologue of like five straight buzzwords. And then he's like, thank you. And <laughs> he walks off stage. <laughs> We could literally God, that's cereal so from this. <laughs> yeah, no, I could literally just read infographic scene ever in the caption. But that's like just what the pitches I've been simmering on this week, just because I've been like interacting with so much like infographic culture. But thank you guys so much for listening to the utmost respect. And when I say guys, I mean Natia and I will be listening to this on Spotify later, but we hope we see you next week. Our new theme for the upcoming week, I'm searching out my words because I actually don't have the doc open like I it's thought I did. villain's head week. Our new theme is the villain head week in like, because Bill and Ted Face the Music just came out and we're going to trilogy it and hopefully it won't suck because if it sucks, I'd be pretty bummed out. I know. So we're going to watch all the villain's head movies um there's just three of them right yep the third one just came out so we'll see you guys next week thank you for listening and remember movies are garbage <laughs> <laughs>